You are listening to Common Ride with Me, a podcast about Stunfield shows full of heroes. I'm James Dorrington, and I am your expert. I'm James Baker. I'm your newcomer. And this week, we looked at the 2017 Power Ranger movie. Hen- And we're back. And yeah, uh, so this week, how have you been, Jabes? Been pretty good. Uh, settling into 2020 pretty well. Can't complain. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Like, there's a lot going on. Um, this week, or like just today, it was announced that um, like I'm going to get um, some all elite wrestling like near my hometown. So I'm going to be there for it, which is nice to see them live finally. Okay. So you're a big wrestling guy? Uh, definitely in the past year, because, um, for the longest time, um, like, I was trying to find something that, like, me and my girlfriend could share. She loves the moments in sports where it's, like, real-life story and stuff. So my thought was, oh, like, I'll show her, like, wrestling. And she, like, instantly fell in love. And then right when that happened, that's when they, like, launched their company in their first event. So then we just got really hooked. Have you guys watched that, uh, the film that came out last year, uh, Fighting With My Family? No, we haven't. Um, that's about Paige, I think, from WWE, I think. Yeah. You guys should definitely check it out if you're a fan of, like, wrestling and, uh, you know, stories and stuff like that. You guys are really appreciate it. It was actually one of my most underrated films of 2019. What I showed her, actually, was uh, there's this YouTuber, Super Eyepatch Wolf, who usually does, like, anime, and like um, he put out, like, a video that was, like, on wrestling and, like, why it's, like, narratives mattered and, like... um. The story that, like, I showed my girlfriend was of the Golden Lovers. Have you heard of them or no? No. Um, <laughs> they were basically a tag team where this guy, like, came from Canada to Japan to challenge, like, this, like, other wrestler. And then they had, like, a, like, super, like, blowout match and became, like, tag team partners that were, like, very clearly also at least, like, hinting at being, like, romantically involved. And then, like, that turned into a, like, 10-year-long story where, like, one of them, like, left wrestling and one of them, like, became, like, a major villain. And then finally, like, after, like, 10 years, like, they reunited as, like, a tag team and it was, like, a whole thing. So did you follow their whole careers or is this, like, a documentary or something? Uh, we we followed their 10-year saga around, like, year nine and three quarters is, like, when we got in. Like, we had, like, all that weight, but, like, not the weight. Okay. You know. Uh, but what have you been looking at this week? Uh, this week, I started watching a new show that dropped on uh, HBO a couple of, maybe last week. Yeah, last week, uh, it dropped. It's called The Outsiders. It's fucking phenomenal right now. Um, it takes place in a small town in Georgia, and it's pretty much like a, a murder mystery take, and it's a Stephen King uh, adaptation. And uh, a lot of people that I've been uh, listening to that also watch it as well, it says a really good ad- adaptation. And uh, they, the team behind it is doing a really good job. And uh, the premise is pretty much there's a murder that happens. Uh, this little boy is killed like a, like a werewolf pretty much <laughs> took care of him. And uh, these, this detective has to figure out what the hell happened. Ends up uh, finding out the, who the guy is. But this guy has an alibi that 
pretty much puts him in the same place at the exact same time. So it's like some supernatural shit going around at the same time. And it's just fun to see this like case unravel. And you guys know by now I'm a fucking f- fanatic for anything that involves a detective or anything like that. So this is right up my alley. But uh, you guys should definitely check it out. It's uh, called The Outsider. No, that sounds interesting. Um, I um, have a mixed relationship w- with Stephen King. Like he's one of those who like I like lived near for like a long time. So like it was like a like a weird thing of my perception of him is a little strange. I think. Yeah, and that's the thing that I've been hearing from a lot of uh, people that are, I guess, not really Stephen King's fans, but appreciate his work. Um, the best thing about this is that um, are you familiar with, with the show called The Night of? Uh, you say it and I am, but I am not. So it was another series on HBO, like at least five plus years ago. Um, it was a really good crime solving case as well. And, uh, I think the guy behind it was called, I'm probably going to say his name wrong. His name is, his last name is Price. I think his first name is Rob, but he does really good with like cop dialogue, you know, court stuff and like that. So he's pretty much running this whole operation and pretty much using what he needs to use from Stephen King's book. So it's a well-balanced diet of uh, not as weird Stephen King shit and actually really good cop dialogue and solving case stuff. No, it actually got like, um, like turned on to like in that vein. Have you heard of the show Justified or no? So um, I heard about it on a podcast for best shows of the decade. And uh, I definitely want to check it out. Sounds really good. But I haven't, I haven't watched the episode. So basically, uh, it's like, weirdly enough, like, um, meets like where some of the points of the like two shows like that, like you mentioned, like are, it's like set like in the South and it's, um, it's very interesting. It came out before, what's the best way to put this? Um, it came out before Nazis did, I guess, like Hmm. before, like they showed back up, um, (laughs) Like, not that they weren't around and there wasn't, like, white supremacy, but before, like, 2017, when things got, like, super transparent and was like, oh, this is, like, to the degree for a lot of people that, that this is present, mm-hmm. um, this show came out. And basically, uh, <laughs> what's really interesting and I think, like, poignant for, like, a modern, like, watcher, not that it's not modern, but... Like in the 10 years since it aired, it's definitely gotten a lot more important because um, something it like interrogates is one of the characters is like a white supremacist. But like it, so what it does is first it like interrogates, oh, maybe he doesn't actually believe in this stuff. He's just using it to be a, to um, like to, to have power basically. And then it goes on to say, yes. And that's bullshit and doesn't matter because he's still being a white supremacist. It doesn't matter if he believes in it, which is like a very interesting take to say, yes, this person might have redeemable qualities and might not really believe in some of these like horrendous things he's like doing, but he's still doing them. Like um, in the first episode, he blows up a uh, black church and then you find out it's not because he's racist, it's because they were selling drugs he was selling and then like the and then like the show makes the point of he still blew up a church you know mm-hmm. yeah so it's is, interesting does it follow like a guy solving cases throughout the show or is it just following one guy um it's like procedural um like for the main character i guess who i haven't mentioned at all uh, he, he's fine like i haven't like watched like enough to really like him but um there's definitely like 
he's doing stuff each week, but then there's like a arc that comes back to it like more and more okay. as, it, as it goes on. I'll add it to my list. What yeah, have you been good. watching this this uh last few weeks? Uh, there was that. Um I got like really into just some bad Twitter. Like I showed you um the person that made the anime opening for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That was pretty funny. And it was just like uh what are you doing like making Jared Kushner look like he's on the Ginyu Force? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh this is the most niche tweet that I could ever laugh at, but there's going to be like one person listening who knows what the hell I'm talking about. Um, so basically, um, there's one Cobb and Rider series like from the past like 10 years that is really popular for being like an interesting take on war, I guess. Uh, and um, you've seen the meme of like, it's all going like according to like Kekai, right? Like where somebody like translates something wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. So basically, the belts they were using were called like the um Sengoku belts. But like Sengoku is like a historical period in Japan that also translates to like warring states period. So some translators were translating it like as like the warring belt, and some people as like Sengoku belts. And then a character showed up called like their last name was Sengoku and their last name got like translated as as like warring for a while and then like fans were mad and it was a whole like it was like a whole like storm and like a tea kettle like feud happening like among like a really small group of people but um like it like so this person on my like feed tweeted this that made me so mad because of how it was funny to like me and six people but um <laughs> this whole like elizabeth warren thing is really irritating to common rider fans as they'd prefer she'd be referred to her like original name Elizabeth Sengoku. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, you asshole. So you, you clap back? No, they're a good-natured asshole. It's just they made a joke about politics of 2020 based off of something six people know about in, <laughs> like, in like 2014. I was just like, ah, oh, man, Twitter's it. after me today. <laughs> but yeah, um, unless there's something else that like you want to recommend, uh, we should move over to our topic for today which is uh, the 2017 Power Rangers reboot movie. Nah, we can move on. I've been pretty much slowing down my uh, digestion of uh, content this year, so just uh, the outsiders. Make sure you guys are watching that. That is a good idea. We should all strive to watch less. Yeah, because I think the last time we potted or wanted to pause, I was watching like eight things at the same time, and it just, it just became overwhelming at one point, but um, yeah, I'm watching The Outsiders, finishing up BoJack this week, right in time for the last of the uh, whole season, I guess. I, I guess I became a fan at the right point, as I usually do. And uh, wrapping up Clone Wars just in time for it to come back next next month. So um, I have a good time with shows, I, I, I got to be honest. like every, every time I pick up a show, it's either about to come back for its final season or... Or it's like a reboot that comes up. So I don't know. Like maybe I'm uh what's what's the guy? Uh good luck, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Um that's how I am with television.
and we are back and um one of my favorite things about um like the like original power rangers that this movie took over uh was um when zordon like saw the world being destroyed and said to alpha alpha i need five teens that have jerked <laughs> off a cow <laughs> please alpha get me five teens that have jerked off a cow they'll be the power rangers remember that the funny thing about this is that after watching this film, I had to go back and watch the very first episode of Mighty Morphin Pirates. And what a weird show. Like <laughs> I'm just watching it and I don't I don't even know how I didn't tell or I couldn't tell that these characters were like being dubbed over <laughs> and like <laughs> the fighting scenes like when they just pop up in random places fighting didn't make sense at all. I was just like how in the fuck did they get away with this shit? <laughs> I totally did the same thing, honestly, like completely like unscripted. And it's weird because there's stuff like how Zach fights by like dancing and stuff. And, and like, like the music keto. cues in. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the no, but um, oh, I man. think nothing beats just opening a movie by having like the Red Ranger be like, oh, you like masturbated this cow. Like, what is this movie? Yeah, why was that, like, the establishing shot of the film? Like, is that, like, the portrayal of what a high school student does in, you know, the last century? Like, what the... F or it is uh, last decade? Like, I'm kind of confused about that. Maybe they were trying to show he's, like, a super jock, so he's stealing, like, the school thing. But know what it kind of reminded me of, actually? What's that? Uh, know in Batman v Superman, when, like, they, um shoot that guy in the head and then like later on like they say that guy was like actually Jimmy Olsen remember that mm -hmm. uh, how did they not have his two friends that he went to steal a cow with be Bulk and Skull yeah that, that was a missed opportunity mm -hmm. for, for real but um, no like, it, it, it just feels like um, in the 90s when like things were still new for, like the rating system for movies like there'd be stuff where like movies would get rated R and, and then like they'd cut stuff out and then and then they'd be like rated G, so like then they'd go back in and like add swearing, so they got rated PG thirteen, mm -hmm. and like that's what it felt like. It was like we have to had a scene to make sure that people know that we're not like we're not like nineties Power Rangers. We're edgy and we're cool and everything. Yeah, so that's this. exactly what it felt like. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out because do kids even do pranks like these anymore? Like this is like from. <laughs> You know, when our kid, when our parents were in high school, kind of pranks, right? <laughs> yeah, I like the worst thing I did to somebody as a prank was one time I um, TP'd um, someone's house and then like um, waited till they like cleaned it and got their parents and then TP'd it again. <laughs> That's the worst thing I did to somebody in like a high school setting. Yeah, TPing is like our John or our age groups kind of prank. I don't know if kids are still TPing people's stuff, but that's the kind of pranks I grew up with. Just for like a fair reference, this movie starts with like the Red Ranger has stolen a cow or like a like bull and put it like in like the like locker room of like the enemy school for like football. And then like one of his friends says, Oh, look, I'm not sure why it's so mad. I milked it. And the Red Ranger says, Oh, it's a boy cow with one single udder. <laughs> And just, uh, then he like proceeds to like look over and the camera drops and get a good shot of his 
the cow's dick. I'm like, Why? yeah, that does go on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it just I'm like, can we move on, please? <laughs> uh, no. Um, so just like oh, overall, what do you what did you think about this movie? I think that this would have been a really good movie if it wasn't called Power Rangers. <laughs> 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 I mean, like going back and rewatching the first episode of Power Rangers. This movie did a really good job setting up the characters because on the original Power Rangers, they're already established. They're fighting each other. You know, Jason's training Billy. You got Trinity and Kimberly and, you know, the whole gang is there. And I would compare that setting to like a Saved by the Bell. And this is more like the Breakfast Club, which kind of works better in a high school environment because I don't know how many kids are actually hanging out at restaurants like that. (laughs) like so, hanging out at restaurants like doing gymnastics or whatever yeah yeah i'm like uh how the no. fuck did i go along with this as a kid i mean i appreciate it happening in my childhood but just going back as an adult and like reliving it, it's kind of like what the fuck are you watching but uh no nah, overall i really like the film uh other than the horrible choice of not having morphers in the movie like what the fuck was that about and to have the Rangers whole suit. Yeah, like I'm like, so we just using these uh power gems the whole time. Um like like the movie opens on like um Brian Cranston in like a skin suit, like on like a dying planet as like the yeah. dinosaurs go extinct. I mean, like my first this is my rewatch, but my first time seeing that, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. So this is kind of like the origin story of the Power Rangers, and I realized that wasn't even canon. I'm like, so they just made this shit up. <laughs> you know it'd be really cool it'd be really cool if Zordon was a, a ranger first and he had his team I'm like uh, okay like honestly like if they wanted to have them have like weird alien designs and then like the kids got them and they adapted to humans and they look more like the show that would be fine that would be cool like that that's a, like a cool way to have like more than one costume in a movie or have like weird stuff like that but they're terrible suits and another problem that I had with this film was that the kids had powers without even wearing the suit. Like, I'm like, okay, now this is biting Chronicle. Remember that movie? Yeah, it definitely gave me that, like, Chronicle and also that um, Fantastic Four, like, 20-something movie. Yeah, it, it's just an odd film. And I felt like it was trying to be, like, a Michael Bay Transformer movie at points. And the choice of having the Ranger suit to be all CG was a horrible idea. Like... That third act when they're like fighting the putties and stuff, it was all like not even like real at in a point. There was I'm pretty no sure people were like wearing suits, but it just looked horrible. So know what I think actually? Um in the first like when you look at those like first five Power Rangers, they don't actually set up a ton of personality and like their actions or needs. Like we don't see their like parents, we don't see their <laughs> siblings really. But like they're just kind of like archetypes that are very strongly like color coded sometimes like literally like the black ranger is black and like the yellow ranger is asian like color coded like racism but um yeah i feel like they avoided that on like trying not to be controversial and at points i noticed (laughs) the asian kid that was a black ranger he was trying to say hip stuff so i'm like is this their way to try to reverse it and then it was cool to have like their black character be like super smart and stuff like that but and he was actually the best character, but you could tell that they were trying to avoid being pointed out as, oh, look at this. They're trying to say, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty obvious. But in the original, what they did was they tried to like stick to archetypes and like iconic, like 
DC style like Superman stuff versus this felt like much more of like a Marvel let's do characters and have them have stories and stuff but and like it worked like I like the characters here a lot um just they do a terrible job with like the designs and the action and just everything looks so bad once they're actually being Power Rangers like from the putties to the suits to their Zords that don't even look like dinosaurs or like they can combine into like a coherent shape. There's no feeling that this is something that could be real or was based off something real. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This cast was really, really good for this film. I mean, you have Naomi Scott who goes on to become Princess Jasmine in the live action Aladdin movie. You have uh, Cranston. You have Bill Hader. I mean, do you have the kid that was on Stranger Things season three? His name is Dakri Montgomery. He played Billy to yeah. Stranger Things. But no, like, well, well, Alpha was so weird looking with his tube eyes. He's just, just a little robot. Make Alpha's, a little robot. Alpha was always a weird character, but this was even, even weirder and a waste of Bill Hader as a voice actor for this film. But I agree. There's only uh, one person who, despite being weird, did everything super well and elevated every scene. And that was Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa. Yeah, she was like over the top, but it kind of worked. Like if you go back and watch Rita, she was always ha 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 back for a thousand years. And you could tell that she actually did her research on her character. But I feel like the writers and the people that was behind this film, um, I, I, I kind of compared it to like whenever you see like a, a anime adaptation. And the creators, like, disregard the source material. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're just going to do our own thing. I saw the first episode. Let's go. The That's fact that they're trying like. to, yeah. The fact that they're trying to be, like, realistic does make certain things, like, even sillier. Like, I think the fact that, like, it's, like, here are these, like, intergalactic, like, good and evil, Zordon and Rita. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, just, but she is totally just, like, killing it at every scene. Like, whether she's just, like, a mummy that eats gold and then gets shot by the police and then goes to Krispy Kreme. But yeah, the Krispy Kreme thing was, I'm like, how much did Krispy Kreme pay for this like product placement? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I got to look that up. Like literally all you have to do is have them like talk about what happened when they got powers and like a Krispy Kreme, not have like a montage of them, like eating Krispy Kreme at super speed or whatever was happening. <laughs> Yeah. Or, like, have, like, Krispy Kreme be destroyed to, like, reveal the crystal at the center of the universe. Uh, yeah, like, she's, like, in there eating the Krispy Kreme. Donut. Was she eating it? I can't remember if she was actually Yeah, she it. was, like, okay. after Goldar destroyed it. And Goldar looks terrible. My Goldar! I'm like, oh, my God. And it was kind of cool, because, like I said, like, I think the creators actually just watched the first episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And it was like, let's make this movie, because the first monster was goldar in the first episode so i thought that was kind of cool when i went back to rewatch i'm like oh at least they did that but goldar looked like complete shit it actually looked like metal just thrown on an exoskeleton and just (laughs) walking around that's what like goldar is such a good like iconic design that you can riff on he's just like a like dog-faced winged gold armored dude you could do so much with that and change like that design so much without it looking terrible or like off and mm-hmm. they fucked it up. Somehow. And he even had like a little personality in the show. And on this one, he's pretty much like a, a variation of a monster Godzilla will fight. <laughs> That's about it. 
And um, like it's just um, when you watch like those shows, like even when we were watching um, um, like Peru Soldier, um, they make those things so people can um, like they're like Zords and stuff, so people can move in them, and so that they can look like the toys and come together like miniatures and that kind of stuff. And back in the day, like before CGI, like it was like oh, when they showed them making like the Megazord, it was using actual like toys and models and stuff. This did not have that sense. Like it was like, is that supposed to be a T-Rex? How, yeah. Like how did these five things combine to make that Megazord? Like, like there's just no sense of like rounded design, which is like also like my complaint, like with something like um the second um like Pacific Rim movie where it was like, oh, you went from making designs that people could do in suits and had that weight to just not caring yeah i completely agree because like i keep saying like it just looked like a michael bay transformer design and i think around that area that's when transformer was still pretty popular so i think that's what they're going for and i mean that was a horrible design as well i did not like the megazord and the zords themselves kind of reminded me of zoids remember that show the anime oh yeah (laughs) they kind of look like zoids more than zords so Zoid's one of those shows that I think had like the weird, like really lazy, like opening. Cause wasn't the opening just like some dude saying like Zoids, mm-hmm. Zoids <laughs> over like a, like bass guitar or something. Yeah. They didn't really put a lot of effort into their opening, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember liking that show when I was a kid, I have to go back and check it out if it was good, but I think they kind of based the designs off of that. And like, it's just, um, if you're making a movie about Power Rangers, you would think that like trying to make the designs like be easily replicable into like a like very iconic toy design would be part of it because like your Halloween costume for like the Blue Ranger from this movie isn't gonna be like pop in like a picture and it like isn't going to like be clear what it is in the same way as like that old design like don't keep it entirely but you can like update it there's a middle point between like gray and like has like a weird light on the chest, like Iron Man, but then isn't really blue. And I, like, I don't even, I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's what made the old suit so great. Like I bought one for Halloween a couple of years ago and it looked pretty good. You know, just like a, a stretch suit you hop in and it looks just like the original suit, but this one, you can't do that. <laughs> you have to like buy actual like bulky pieces, maybe like armor type cosplay thing but yeah I, I didn't like the suits i didn't like the megazord and like the zords and like i said before if this movie was not called power just it would have been pretty solid but um a lot of the complaints that i have is just comparing it to the original source material and another complaint that i have is rita is the green ranger i'm like like if you're think, if you're going into this yeah, and you're like okay cool. we're gonna make all this money we're gonna do this when you saved the Green Ranger for a part two? <laughs> well, when this was coming out, like they said something wild, like this is like part one of our nine movie like series. And it's like, okay, that's like a red flag right there. Like <laughs> that's like LeBron James going to the heat, like not one, not two, not three. <laughs> that's that's what it felt like if I heard that. But yeah, I don't I don't think a lot of uh and why do you give powers to your ragers when they're not in their suits if they can't fight like the putties in like a like playground or something without uh, like w- without their suits? I hated that idea. I'm like, 
you really doing this? Like they're super humans now. Oh, but it God. never matters because they can't accomplish anything without their suits. That's true. So that like is. they're superhuman, but they can't fight any of the monsters or minions or Rita with the powers they have of superhumans. So it's just like so. It what was the point matter. of the suit then? Like <laughs> the suit made them strong armor? enough to fight Rita, but why make them super powerful if they weren't super powerful enough to do anything in the plot? Besides, like, jump across, like, a, like, bridge or whatever. Yeah, that's about all they did. Jump around. Though, um, yeah, like, and, like, I think this isn't a bad movie. Just when it tries to be an action movie, it's bad. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Especially the first and second act. I thought it was really good. Uh, <clears throat> it did have character development. Um, I think you mentioned it in your post earlier about the, uh, Little things that are like they felt like they had to have a gay character in it, and the way they did it was like super lazy. It was so, <laughs> so it's kind of like your boyfriend, and then like Becky G kind of looks at you like, or your girlfriend. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like that was so cringy, so fucking cringy. That was one of those like, um, big like they talked about having like queer representation, like kind of like like Infinity War. But they, but what actually happened was, or like um, Endgame, and like what actually happened was one character talked for a scene without it affecting or like being shown what they did, and like it was just like okay, that's not really like a, a queer character. You vaguely imply a character might be queer in like one moment that could be like cut out, like because you want the movie to open in like Singapore or whatever. But it's just so that's why they didn't want to go all the way with that narrative. Yeah, but. It's like, like you can't pat yourself on the back for something that I could cut out in 20 seconds from the movie, you know? Right. And um, like one thing, too, is like it felt like um, Billy was only as um, on the spectrum as the plot wanted him to be. Like the first half an hour of the movie, like he's like, yes, I like don't get jokes, this kind of stuff. Then like later on, like he's like very clearly doing things that he established he couldn't do or like were difficult for him or just not in his like tool set with like ease, you know? Yeah. At the beginning, I think, I think I get what you're saying. Like at the beginning when, uh, Jason had to get the, uh, the probation monitor off his leg, he kind of seemed like he was incoherent of what was going on. <laughs> he was like, what are you doing? And he's just like talking and like, you know, doing this. And then like Billy panic or Jason panics. He's like five, four, three, two, and then a the guy goes off, and Billy's just talking to him like there's nothing going on. Is that what you're talking about? And then later yeah. on in the film, he kind of seems like he's the smartest person on the planet. Like and like, unlike the like one Power Ranger being like queer thing, like at least this is something they do go in on in the movie and say it's something they want to do. They do it, they just do it poorly. Unlike the queer plot line where this like just don't do it. So it's just kind of like uh you reached. And you fell short, but still it's a fun group dynamic character interaction that is sometimes like rings like true to that, but often doesn't. That's still better than not trying to and patting yourself on the back, like with like um with Trini and like her being queer. Yeah, and uh the director's name, I forget who this guy is, but he only had one film prior to this. His name is Dean Israelite. Okay. And what does he do? It was Project Almanac. And I'm reading it, now I'm looking at it. It seems like a copycat of what he did in Power Rangers. Like, really? That's probably, 
Yeah, I'm looking at the post right now. It's like a group of five kids, and it looks like they get some kind of powers. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> maybe somebody's like, okay, this guy can make Power Rangers. It's called Project Almanac. I haven't watched the trailer yet, but just looking at like the pictures I've seen and the poster, I'm like, okay, maybe this is why they gave him the job to make Power Rangers. I mean, he did a decent job writing the characters out, but it's just like, yeah, the third act was horrendous. My favorite part of the movie was though when you get that uh, mid credit scene where it's just somebody saying, Tommy Oliver, Tommy Oliver, Tommy Oliver, Tommy <laughs> Oliver. Is he here? Is Tommy here? No, he's not here. Oh, maybe next time. Tommy <laughs> Oliver, is he here? Like, <laughs> it felt like it was nine minutes of somebody saying, Is Tommy Oliver here? Tommy Oliver, are you present? It's like, yes, we know this is the most well known character. Mm. Is this your scene <laughs> that this character might show up if you have another movie? Yeah, and they, they shit the bit. Yeah. Um, and, like, this kind of got some hype from, like, did you see it when it came out? But the, um, like, the, like, Dark Power Rangers, like, YouTube short that came out, like, around the same time that had, like, Oh, that was James fire. Vanderbeek. I like yeah. that a lot. That was really, really good. I enjoyed that. This feels like that without, like, much, like, substance. Like, there is, like, the very much, like, scarred battleground and dark and, like, less visible suit stuff but like that like was like a short done by like some rich guys this is like an actual movie that was meant to start a franchise <laughs> yeah they should have got those guys to do it mm-hmm. it was like super mature kind of reminded me of like a Mortal Kombat feel but uh yeah I had to rewatch that it's still on YouTube no uh so ultimately we'd probably say this was a weird little flawed thing that had some good parts but kind of failed at doing what it set out to do. That's kind of where exactly. we're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's really all there is, but there is a little bit I do want to talk about. Um, because like this was like a major movie or whatever, um, did energize the brand a little bit. So like w- while the movie might have not been like what we wanted, it did lead to um, a like to the Power Rangers like comics being launched, which people love those comics. Like I hear all the time like that I should read them and that there's like cool arcs. Like that's where that um cool live action short, like where they brought back Tommy as like a villain from like the multiverse games from and that kind of stuff. Oh, that was a comic book adaptation? <laughs> yeah. Um okay. they made like a few more games. There's um a like miniature RPG coming out. They had like a Twitch series that was like based off like trying to do like a Power Rangers like RPG that was like brought back some old Power Rangers cast for like a weekly show for like a year. So there's like a lot of stuff like that Power Rangers fans like that I think happened because of the energy of a movie coming out. Just the movie itself, I think was kind of like, just like did not matter to like a lot of people and it's maybe getting a sequel, but probably not. I think is what we've heard for the most part. Are you looking Uh, forward to the reboot? Is it a reboot of this or is it a sequel? No, it's going to be its own thing. Uh, I believe the premise is kind of weird. It takes place in the 90s, but the kids travel to the 90s and they have to find their way back to the present. So now they've copied Saved by the Bell. <laughs> they've copied The Breakfast Club. Now it's time to copy Back to the Future. <laughs> so like, by the kids, it's like the five Power Rangers are modern day kids that get transported back to the nineties, is what you're saying? Uh yeah. From what I've from what I've heard, that's pretty much what the premise is. 
they go back to the 90s and they have to find their way back. So I guess it's a cheap way of not having it start in the 90s. Like just stay there. They kind of want the, you know, the modern day teenager in the 90s. And I'm pretty sure they're going to make like a lot of jokes of what is this phone? What is this? What are those jeans? A lot of jokes about fashion, technology. (laughs) Yeah. I hope they scrap that idea. I'm not a fan of the Back to the Future type thing. Um, I'm sure there's a way to pull it off, but just reading it, I'm just like, I've seen this movie before. You know what I mean? Like you said, Jumanji. You could do like a, um, like how they're rebooting Ghostbusters where it's like, oh, you get back like one or two of like the original power. just like, oh, here's some kids that get similar powers or like the same powers as like that first team in like a barn or some shit. Like that could work fine. Yeah. But uh, there's so many creative people out there and just hearing ideas like this and just sounds lazy. I'm like, give somebody that actually gives a fuck, you know, a chance to like make a pirate movie and actually put some effort in it. You know what I mean? Or just like make a new team and have some old cash show up in cameos and be like, oh, we're this team over in this space. But also, like, the actor for Tommy's here for, like, three scenes as, yeah, like, our you, mentor. Yeah, you gotta have Jason David Franken. And that guy's always looking for stuff to do for Power Rangers. He loves being a ranger so much. And you gotta appreciate that. You know, like, I'm pretty sure, like, there's a lot of common writer actors that anytime they get a chance to, you know, show up at an event, they're gonna be there because they actually took pride in being a writer. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, like, it matters that, like, you're, like, an, that you're a very important figure to like kids like and like for some people like they'll come back like even when it's like not and honestly i've heard that they don't really treat like old power rangers that well because i like i know a couple years ago there was some scuttle when they were doing like anniversary special that like the actors that were coming back had to pay for their own flights oh that's horrible yeah and like it was like fly to new zealand and we'll pay you like the day rate to be in this like special and it's like I guess I'll do it because, like, I'm stable and it would be fun to, like, suit back up again. But if you're not or whatever, just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's horrible. That's like asking somebody to pay for their flight for their jersey retirement. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, fuck you. Um, But if you want to be here for it, great. But uh, I did see, like, they have, like, a lot of uh, Ranger cons now in Florida where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Walter Emanuel Jones, the original Black Ranger. A couple of years ago, I did like a meet and greet with him, got a photo and everything. And he said there's like a Ranger Con in Orlando and they have like little things like that. And I remember when the actor, the actress, uh, Tu Trang, the Yellow Ranger. Oh, yeah. When she died, it was like a big deal. And they kind of all like, you know, showed their regards and stuff like that. So it seems like a tight knit group um, of, of Rangers, like the first cast. And for them to like be the pillars of this whole thing. Uh, I think they did a really good casting for that. I'm kind of glad, honestly, that they don't have to cast somebody for Tommy because that would suck for that person to be cast oh, as Tommy. Yeah. One day they're just like a, a like young actor, and the next day they're just catching all this shit on Twitter when they thought they got <laughs> a good role. Uh huh. Ultimately, the best thing from this might just be like an all right Breakfast Club movie for like half of it, and like the comics that are apparently stellar. And I keep always meaning to like look at them, but never do. So I'm sure they are stellar, though, because I've just heard like unanimous praise for them. Yeah, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I thought it was, I wouldn't say really good, 
I thought it was a, a updated version of The Breakfast Club. And uh, I had fun watching it. Um, there's something relaxing about watching the movie the second time. Not really, you know, trying to come up with your take on it while you're watching it and just enjoying it. And uh, I had fun. Oh, yeah. It's like a fun movie. It definitely made me want to go to Krispy Kreme again, though. <laughs> oh, there you go. It worked. Hot and ready. <laughs> just like a cow's dick. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Uh, you can find the podcast at um, on Twitter at Coming Ride with Me. Uh, oh man! You can Have find uh, gathering your thoughts after that. You can find me. Just have to pretend that's what we do every week. It's oh, watch Power Rangers and do crimes. Uh. All right, you can find me on Twitter at PopcornNet. Uh, same thing on Facebook, Instagram, and all the other. You can find the podcast at Crowd Ride With Me, CrowdRideWithMe.com. We're taking questions, podcast at CrowdRideWithMe.com. You can find me, your host James, at um, at James Forge. And uh, for next time, we are looking at um, Shin Godzilla, the 2016 first Japanese like Godzilla movie in like 12 years, I think it was. And it's very exciting. Uh, watch Power Rangers and do crimes. <laughs> <laughs>